You're listening to the Unsung Podcast, where we talk about classic albums and decide if they deserve that distinction. And we also talk about some unsung classics in the hopes of bringing them to a new audience. And at the end of it all, we let you decide if we are right or wrong. This is the Unsung Podcast. to Unsung. This is episode six and on this episode we are talking about Mr. Beast by Mogwai. Before we get into it, there's just a couple of things we need to say. First off, on our last episode we spoke about introducing by DJ Shadow and you'll be glad to know or I don't know if Chris will be glad to know but the public it would seem would be glad to know that it got voted into our discography. That's right, DJ Shadow's introducing is the third album in our discography and it was actually a very decisive vote. Over 90% of people voted yes for this record to go into our discography so thank you very much to everybody that voted and who listened. We really appreciate it. Also, very special thanks go out to Tommy Smith and Vicky Henry because they were our first donators. They were the first people to actually give us money to do this daft thing which is very, very cool. So thank you so much for that. We really, really, really appreciate that. Much love is getting sent your way immediately. But it's also kind of scary because now we're kind of beholden to people. Now we owe people content, which, hey, I guess, can't really complain, can we? Anyway, here we go. This is Unsung, episode six, where we talk about Mr. Beast by Mogwai. Hi, I'm your host, Mark Fraser, otherwise known as the curator, and I'm joined by two immaculately turned out gentlemen. To my right is Chris Cusack, who ever since it's opened, he's actually lived in Taco Bell on Hill Street <laughs> and eaten nothing but Taco Bell. Uh, I know you're That's why there's huge queues around the block, because people just want to hang out with me. Exactly, <laughs> I know. Have you been to Taco Bell yet? Absolutely not, but I've walked by it with a kind of condescending, sniffy attitude befitting a man for the West End. No, that's actually why, <laughs> that's why they opened it. They're not even opening it to make money. It's they're making it, they're opening it to make us feel better about ourselves <laughs> when we don't go there. As <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm choking for a Taco Bell, man, but I am not going to stand in a queue so pleasure. you can walk by. Really, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as if I'd be seen queuing there. <laughs> Taco Bell's, when we went to the States, Taco Bell was only one of the major chains that we didn't actually just tick off our bucket list. You know, it was like... Oh, so you've never been? You go to like Arby's and Wendy's and all that American yeah, yeah. shit. And it was like Taco Bell was the only one That's because that... you're in a van and it will make you have diarrhea. So <laughs> it was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that that's... Uh, that's still on the bucket list, albeit it does suit the bucket. The wrong type of bucket, The bucket, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, to my left is David Weaver, whose patter is far better than mine tonight, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and on this episode, we are talking about... Mr. Beast by Mogwai. Is it Mr. Best? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Beast or Mr. Best? I had to get that in early in case one of you guys had it as well. Did not have it. Did, did not have it. That's because I'm next level. You're on next level. So your patter's not that bad then. I just dropped popcorn <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and you're chewing at the microphone. Like yeah, a but fucking the, reprobate. 
I've got to that point in a relationship with the audience where uh, you can just take stuff for granted and start farting in front of them and stuff. <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, so let's start talking about Mr. Beast. Yeah, who's going to kick us off? Quite a lot I think to it was get your through. choice, Christopher. It was my choice, but I think we all agreed we wanted to do the Mogwai. We wanted to do a Mogwai and, um, record. Mm-hmm. It felt to me to kind of nominate one. Because, I, yeah, I mean, this is not recorded every week. Uh, we should put it out there that this was recorded the week after Mogwai played the Hydro. Um, the biggest show in Scotland, at least, that they've done. Yeah. Oh. Ah, it must Surely it must be their biggest headline show ever. Because it's, you know, that's like... Oh, yeah. It wasn't a full hydro, but you know it's like eight, nine thousand folk. I think. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, they've obviously done festivals, but I, I can't imagine them ever doing a bigger headline show than that. Mm. But I mean, that just shows that they a band that started huge, off. They must have done some pretty huge shows in London, though, man. And and they did some yeah. big ones in Brooklyn for some live filming as well. But as a as a sort of defining moment for them, you know, that's they've been going for more than twenty years, um, and they're just getting bigger and bigger. They've never sort of compromised. They've always just done what the hell they want. Uh, I think they're an exceptionally influential and important band in Scotland and the world, you know, in terms of post-rock. They came just after that sort of slint era and along with, you know, a good few bands like, you know, Explosions in Sky, Sega Ross, and then a couple more down the sort of post-metal-y side. You know, they've constantly sort of redefined themselves and everything. Um, so yeah, we're obviously going to have to talk about a Mogwai record at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd have to, yeah. For me, the difficult thing is like choosing what record it is. Well, since we said, even just in conversation, since we said we were doing this, it's like everybody has a different suggestion. You know, mm. it's kind of hard to pick one. I think I've got my own reasons for picking this one, which we'll we'll get to. Mm. I think it's interesting some of the bands you were naming though, because like Mogwai are, you know, post rock, um, and people's definitions of post rock kind of vary. Obviously, maybe because it's quite loaded. With, I mean, even the fact that when you say it, you associate them with explosions in the sky. Maybe we'll get to this. I think explosions in the sky are crap. I completely agree, Christopher. I can't be arsed with them. They are <laughs> just the, the same. They are the U, little bit of U two of post rock. Exactly. It's, it's like that Bill Bailey sketch where he takes off the delay pedal, aye. and it's just you know the edge. He's delay pedal. I don't think it. they're crap. I just I think they're overrated. They have one and good I song and album. They have yeah. one good album. Yeah. Like, the one with all the writing on no, it. No, yeah. I think they've got. Aye. I think they've got a good song in each record. That is, as far as I've heard, anyway, you know. So like, but regardless, I, like I think it's interesting, Mimogai, because when you say they're post rock, and then I would say that the likes of Silverman, Zion, and Godspeed are post rock as well. You yeah. know, yet they're quite markedly different, especially when you go into stuff like rave tapes and. Like it's both hardcore, isn't it? Like there's so many different types of band in both hardcore. Is... Yeah, I, I kind of feel though that like in post rock, because. Post-rock's got a sort of overarching sort of alternative vibe to it anyway. You know, there's there's not really a particularly poppy, accessible post-rock band, although a few folk have recently, you know, tried to go that way. Mogwai, for me, are like the tabloid end of post-rock, and I think Godspeed are like the broadsheet end of, of post-rock, but I would say that Mogwai are the, you know, the eye paper, you know, the good end tabloid. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, because like, there's, there's everything down that scale, right down to like pretty crappy sort of just... Again, effects pedal driven pish, just music without vocals that's just chord mm. changes. And there's a hell of a lot of that. And Mogwai have done really, really well to get through. There are caveats to this, but they've done really well to get through their career and constantly innovate and stay, keep their heads above the water in that sense and not be just drowned by just this deluge of fucking boring formulaic post rock bands. I think the broadsheet end of the spectrum, which is 
probably more the Godspeed, the Canadian stuff and the La Bradford. Like, that stuff's far more nuanced and a bit more highbrow and a bit... I, I don't... Yeah, but not... I mean, you say that, but like Mogwai, like you go in My Father, My King or, you know... I oh, know. A lot of the record, the earlier records that a lot of people maybe think are the ones that define Mogwai, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, have got the 20-minute tracks. Mm, and no, the, I, you're you totally know, right. Lots of subtlety and... They, but they are more prone to falling into the to the riff I mean to relying on the riff and I think that's something with the likes of well, we're getting maybe ahead of it because we've not even really introduced the album but one thing I think about them is that they they are more prone in a bind where's the song going yeah. we'll redouble the riff we'll add a distortion we'll add another layer of distortion and I think sometimes probably in their weaker moments they've resorted to that and yet they have so much more to bring to the table in their more kind of nuanced uh, subdued parts which is where I think they're really fucking excellent Yeah. yet they do sometimes get out of that trap of here's just a big chunky riff because they know it'll work live and they know it'll be a killer song and you know it's like yeah let's like we can just that's the thing about Mogwai that, that it, it's always been like a slight nag to me and that to me that sort of also is the thing that bands like Godspeed and that in one hand had over them in the sense that they were able to add the weight without just adding the layers of distortion and the extra, you know, the chunky power chord. Yeah. But at the same time, Mogwai, by doing that, have probably reached a far bigger audience, or at least a more, well, a, a it's interesting, more crossover like, audience. You compare mm-hmm. Mogwai and Godspeed there, both bands that I've seen this year separately and really enjoyed. But three years ago, I saw both of them at Primavera, mm-hmm. and it was Godspeed followed by Mogwai. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love Godspeed. But it was like the third night of Primavera and me and my pal just sort of sat down and we watched Godspeed and we were like, this is amazing, but holy fuck, I'm, I could do a nap. <laughs> and we just like, you know, because it's in this big open space and like I was really, really enjoying it, but it was, it didn't like lift me up or anything. We would just sort of sat and watched it and let it sort of flow. And then 20 minute changeover and then Mogwai got up and like they did that post-rock heavy thing, but they did it in fucking four and a half minute chunks mm. well that's the thing and like they had that fucking power they played for an hour and a half and like it's one of the best things I've ever seen live and that's, that's kind of like what I mean about the tabloid incredible. thing though they're much more bite sized and there's much yeah. more of a kind of like let's condense this let's make it a little bit more accessible and in some ways that's really great and it's also a great way to bring you into that genre yeah. but I do also feel that in terms of like the subtlety and the complexity of it bands like Godspeed have tried to avoid falling back on you know, yeah, yeah, devices, absolutely. You know, but as a, if that's what defines Mogwai as a band, that sort of being able to take alternative, like subtle music and put it into bite-sized chunks, then this for me is the record that defines that. Mm. I would say that's um, this is an interesting record for me because that is that seems to be the goal of this record is making it as streamlined as possible without losing any of the power of what they do. Mm-hmm. This is like. Of all the things I've heard, and admittedly I've not heard a lot by them, this is the most songy record, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, if Alan McGee likes it, you know you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this... this he's the guy that discovered Oasis. Yeah. I believe he's probably... He's probably that guy, and I'm sure he's mentioned you know it where? to a couple of people. You know, uh, somewhere in Glasgow, uh, I think. Right. I, don't know. I, heard, I heard about this. Broadcast. Best, it was in broadcast. Best small broadcast. venue in the UK. <laughs> oh, 1994. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think... I think um, you're right. Like this the is transmit festival. That's pretty random. <laughs> it was day three. So basically, uh, I agree, and that's kind of why I picked this album is because it nails that brevity. 
I, I, I love Mogwai. Let's, let's, let's not make any bones about that. I'm just trying to be a bit more thorough in my analysis of that and yeah. be a bit more embracing of what I see as some faults as well. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that. I mean, they've, they've achieved a lot and they've been going for a long time. That's no small feat. But this is the album for me where they got the right blend, the right amount of different elements, the gush, you know, the prettiness, the heaviness, the the power, the, the kind of weirdness, the bits of vocals, I think, as well. Like, this album has three tracks, vocals on it, and it's, for me, just the right amount to mix it up. I wasn't so, ready for them at all. Yeah, like, and Hawkins Island after it had none. It was the first one they did with zero vocals, and it's... I think they just got a really great blend of ingredients. And whilst there are probably tracks on their other albums that individually would make, if you could assemble an album from all their other records, it would be better. Mm -hmm. But this is a great snapshot of of a band. It's also, I think as well, it's, it's worth mentioning that this album is different in terms of production. It's got much more of that kind of saturated, powerful, you know, if you could see the waveforms, I'm sure these are a lot more rectangular as opposed to the mm. kind of previous ones, you know. Um and I think that plays a part in the kind of like, its ability to cross over and to to bring people into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the Mark, because you are the least skilled in Mogwai. I mean, Dave have been pretty immersed in them for a while, but the only record I'd heard, but along the records I'd heard before this were Young Team, which I thought were good because, like Herod, is awesome, and the Atomic soundtrack, which is not. Yeah, is I mean, Mogwai, I'd... but it's not Mogwai. It's 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 the quieter Mogwai, which I liked. I mm. loved that. I listened to this record and as soon as it finished I hit play again and I haven't done that with a record for mm-hmm. a number of years. Yeah. Legitimately. I'm not just saying that to make this more of a, a sort of banner episode but yeah, yeah, yeah. legitimately I was I really want to hear that again. Aye. And I struggle with post rock sometimes because it, it, it goes on a bit too long. Yeah and, and it's, it's in the sky struggle with post rock sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah evidently so aye. I've tried to get into them too but no like this for me I don't know it's just everything that Everything I imagined that Mogwai were when people explained what Mogwai were like to me and how important yeah. they were. Well, I remember like when I first happened upon Mogwai, it was when I was like 13 or 14, reading magazines, going back to Kerrang and like seeing 5K reviews. That's like a running theme. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a big part of my musical upbringing, <laughs> me as a teenager reading Kerrang. But, it, you know, you'd always see 5K reviews of Mogwai Live and loud and quiet and loud as fuck was always the thing that stood out mm. and I just remember I remember seeing the photo of like Stuart and his Telecaster with a little Scottish flag and just thinking oh I need to go out and hear that band and it was at the time where I couldn't I couldn't I probably couldn't even go and just download a track by them because there weren't enough people sharing it and they were like 25 minutes long so it would have taken four <laughs> hours to download on Napster so it was like I actually had no idea what Mogwai sounded like uh, for about a year and after yeah. I knew who they were, dial-up MP3s, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was, it was like a fucking nightmare. Because, eh? yeah, like, so. you know, that <laughs> was back. In, that was back when they were doing, you know, Come on Die Young and stuff like that. And By then, the way, Come on Die Young was the other one. That was the Come on Die Young. That's the, the one that I think thing. a lot of people will think. Why are you not doing that record? Because mm. that's the their sort of earlier defining work. I, I, I actually don't agree. I think a lot of people were surprised that we weren't doing Young Team. The, yeah, yeah, I. I've kind of Young Team is my choice because it's the only the only reason I'd heard that record is because I'd heard that it was the one yeah it's like fresh but it's not it's a sound of a band just starting you know it's Mm -hmm. the sound of a young band whereas I think they've they've progressed and they have improved and that's that's to their credit I mean I I know it's very nostalgic and very sentimentally relevant to a lot of people but I just even for the style that it is I think Come On Die Young is a more accomplished version of Young Team 
And then the stuff beyond that where they started to add in synths and they started to get a bit more into sequencing and stuff like that is a development again. But yeah, I mean, Young Team's a lovely album, especially tracks like Summer. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great bit of music. But um, and yeah, it's this has created quite a lot of disagreement, even just in conversation, like I said. Um, if I totally made this up, but for some reason I believe that uh, Take Me Somewhere Nice, the track Take Me Somewhere Nice, is that that's on... Uh, Die Young, I think, was in Sex and the City. <laughs> I thought that was in Young Team, but oh, maybe it's on Young Team. I can't remember. I'm like riffing. I'm riffing, mm-hmm. but it was in Sex and the City, like the TV program. They put that. It's just in. another Bernstein Bears. Maybe I've totally oh, made that up. Yeah, I'm afraid. But like, bad. it was probably in Hollyoaks. <laughs> but for me, like, imagine that Mogwai <laughs> started. Mogwai started becoming quite. Ah, take me down there. Like, take me somewhere nice. <laughs> like they've obviously embraced it lately. But, like, they started becoming a sort of soundtrack band. and um, They are, aren't they? I mean, They're a kind of, very soundtrack band. Yeah. And, like, a lot of Mr. Beast was used, um, like, for fuck's sake, I think Auto Rock is one of the most, must be one of the most, like, used documentary, you know, songs of all time. BBC, I th- can I think, special report. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Top Gear used it a bunch of times, you know, just because to make something so, dramatic. You want to make something dramatic, you put auto rock in. This probably won't ingratiate me to the band, but I guess that's not the point of this podcast. But actually, I, I, Mogwai are an obvious band to want to, to, to soundtrack things. Mm-hmm. When they have soundtrack things, I don't think the material has been as strong as when they've been writing for the music and has retrospectively fitted a bit of film so you know if you take a song that is a piece of work that they've crafted and then apply it to a bit of film or maybe edit a version and apply it to a bit of film musically it's always been stronger I feel than when with the likes of Atomic or is it Le Revenant the, I thought Le Revenant was fucking outstanding it's though. really nice man but it's I thought that worked perfectly like it does it does no it, it does it suits the purpose what I mean is when you then hear the record on its own as a standalone record yeah it musically it's very much a soundtrack. It, it doesn't. Yeah, but that's what it was. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I know I that. Like, like they, they're a victim of their own success in that they re- they like write a piece of music for uh yeah film, you're right. and then people and then know. everybody goes oh that's a Mogwai record yeah. let's take it and it Sorry, gets a fucking no, sale. You're probably, you're probably right there. That's a fair point. It's just yeah. I'm thinking more from the perspective of Mark being introduced to them. His first two reference points were, you know, yeah. Young Team and Atomic, and At- Atomic is not. Representative of Mogwai to me, it's yeah. it's it's much more. Uh, I don't say pedestrian sounds. Too, it's not a it's not a bad record. It fits but it's the, not a good record. I like it. I've not seen the film. I've only heard that record. And I it like works well like it to the footage, but on its own, it doesn't stand up as well. And I okay, I take I take on board. That's not what it is. But they they do have stuff on their albums which haven't been written for footage, but are would lend themselves spectacularly mm. well to that. And I, yeah, I, th- I think. I don't know what I think. <laughs> drop it. Uh, someone needs to drop the C bomb and say cinematic. They create cinematic yeah, I mean, music. They, they are. They, they kind of effortlessly create things that conjure images. I mean, this uh, this this record, possibly less so than others because it's got a lot. It's a it's, it's a lot more compact. Um, certainly, stuff like Come and Die Young is quite sprawling in places. And yeah, um, I think I think Hawkeye Howland has some really like big, expansive, beautiful bits in it as well. This one feels a lot more condensed. There are moments where it, it you know, as Dave was saying, auto rock is a good example. I think there's some, there's almost like ballad post rock in this, though, with like Friend of the Night 
is Friend of the Night I think is my favourite Mogwai song Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song. I, I really, want, I really want to get Richard Marks to sing over it. <laughs> <laughs> Not Chris Ria, no. <laughs> Not Chris Ria. Maybe Chris Isaac. That'd, I love Chris. That'd Isaac. be pretty lush. But it's it's almost like post rock ballad. Yeah. As opposed to just post rock, it's much more succinct than it's it's you yeah. know it's verse chorus verse chorus. But it still builds and it builds and it builds. Mm. I, it I, does I, it. Yeah. See see the track before it. Team handed. Yeah. I love Team Handed every bit as much as I love Friend of the Night. Mm-hmm. It's a more understated version, like in a companion piece of Friend yeah, of the Night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think the two are sort of quite, uh, they're kind of cousins, if you know what I mean, musically mm-hmm. speaking. Um, I think they're really strong. I think that's one of the advantages of the album. Like it's, it's like acid food as well. It's yeah. completely different mm-hmm. to um, was it Glasgow Mega Snake? Glasgow Mega yeah. Snake. Completely yeah. different. Yeah, it's brilliant, and it's the album is brilliantly arranged. The pace of the album. Yeah, it definitely. means that when these songs come on, they're all getting a fair hearing because you're not tired. You're not overly burned out yeah. by like a sprawling kind of like Christmas yeah. steps type thing, or you know you're not or, or Mogwai if you're saying they 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 do as good as they are. They can sometimes fatigue you as a listener, and I yeah. think this album avoids any of the songs really suffering too much from fatigue. Because just as you're getting fatigued by volume, they drop it down, and just as you're getting fatigued by it being a little bit too understated, they lifted it back up. And that's it's just a really excellent arrangement of an album. It flows really well, and it allows the music to really be, I don't know, appreciate it. It's got you, yeah. you give it a more generous ear when you're listening to each of the songs mm-hmm. in that sense. I- Hi folks, sorry to interrupt the show. This is Chris, we'll try and make it quick. It's my turn this week to canvas for donations. Uh, we would love to be able to cover critical podcasting costs like web hosting, taxi fares to the studio in Glasgow, chocolate fingers and bottles of red wine because the less time Dave Weaver has to spend turning tricks, the more time he can spend researching music he's talking about. Clearly, we all stand to benefit from that. So please feel free to just jump across to unsungpod.net Uh, There should be a donation button there, and uh, any amount is very much appreciated. We're not looking to buy solid gold tracksuits anytime soon. Um, Yeah, thanks for your time. Back to the show. I think we definitely need to have a Mogwai record in this list. Has to be one. And then... It's this one or it's another one. Mm. And yeah, like in terms of the records that came after, I think they all kind of felt like they were trying to recapture this a little bit. Mm. Different parts. And like, yeah, they definitely went off on different bits. Like uh, like, uh, Mr. Beast, I felt they tried to go a bit more in terms of like the the subtlety and like songs like... uh, could blow up your school and mm. Jim Morrison they took that sort of earlier exploratory vibe a bit more and then on hardcore it was more structured mm-hmm. and then on rave tapes it was certainly with Remurdered they were just like we could make a fucking club track yeah well I th- that's that's um, kind of interesting because I think one of the th- like the production on this 
I don't. I can't tell if the production lent itself to the new format of brevity, or if the brevity was a product of when they were working these down in the studio. They were like, "Oh, this sounds really thick. We should just shorten it and make it really, yeah. you know, to the point." But the two factors combined really well, and I think other ones have combined, but maybe not to the same effect. Yeah, uh, if you know, yeah. what I mean. like Rave Tapes is. It's got a few tracks in it that, that are, yeah, I, I really like rave tapes. Sort of, I felt like, although I always felt slightly cheated by rave tapes because they released Remurdered first and it was called Rave Tapes. I was like, fuck, are they gonna do an album of fucking bangers here, like <laughs> techno bangers? And then that was the only track that on it that sounded like that. that vibe, yeah. And it's still a really, it's a really fucking good Mogwai record, but it sort of stands out on its own and it's like, it's rave tapes, it is what it is. Whereas this one, yeah. I, mean, I always go back to it and it's like, this is to me, this is Mogwai. I think Hardcore is no, uh, Will Never Die is one of the top ones for me. I think, like, yeah. of, of their catalogue, it's, the, you know, it's it's maybe second or third uh, and in relation to this. And fun, come on, funny enough, uh, Rano Piano, Rano Pano of um, Hardcore Will Never Die is such a... F- I'm just looking at you and I remember listening to that track when we were in the van oh, yeah, yeah. driving across... And that like, massive bridge in the south of France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like like that cinematic. Uh, and I, the first time I ever heard that track, I was in the back of a car in LA and we were driving downtown in LA and there was like seven of us packed in at the back of a car going to some gig. And Getting I was abducted. like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the guy was like, oh, I've got the new Mogwai song and he put that on. And I was like, fucking hell. That's, that one track stands out for me on mm. Hardcore Will Never Die. Even though I know there's, Fucking great. Well, they've songs got Mexican, like Mexican Grand Prix in that as well, which is a totally a, a total outlier as well. Like Little fact: I'm in the video for Mexican Grand Prix. He's <laughs> <laughs> pretty smug bastard. <laughs> no, but it's because me and my friend Matthew were really hungover. We'd been in the flat it's and not, we went down. Like you, we went down back in our old flat in Grant Street. We went, remember, you know, the Fat Tomato uh-huh. on a yeah, yeah, absolutely St George's Road, yeah? yeah. And standing outside the Fat Tomato, and a guy with a camera comes up. He's like, oh, can we just take like a quick three second video of you? We're like, you do steamers. <laughs> we're like, whoa, I haven't really been to bed Man, yet. They're right next to the Carnarvon. They and we're like, oh, yeah, people. what's it for? He's like, oh, we're making a music video and we're just taking like snapshots of like hundreds of people all the way on like a tour around Glasgow. And it turned out it was for Mexican Grand Prix. So if you pause like a minute and a half into Mexican Grand Prix, you can see my exceptionally hungover face <laughs> just going, ugh. <laughs> But anyway, that's a really good song off the record. We're not talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it does. It does highlight that they have some exceptional music scattered across albums, and yeah. I don't think necessarily, other than this, and maybe for me and Come and Die Young, they've managed to get an album that captures the consistency and the vibe, or or perhaps it's just the way the albums are arranged. Mm-hmm. It doesn't flow as well because the albums you can listen to them and end up liking every tune. It's just for whatever reason, you can't get through them as as fluently and as effortlessly as as Mr. Beast. It just, as you said, you, you played it straight away. It's not a fatiguing album. It's a really strong, flowing, well-constructed record. And I think that's why it popped into my head. Coming Day Young is a totally different proposition. It's much more relaxed and it's much more, I don't know what to say, spacious, you know. Yeah, and it, yeah. um, but again, a different side of the band, but I absolutely love it. For, for the record, see um, Mr. Beast... I bought my copy, the copy I still have, thankfully, uh, when I was in Genoa. I went on a trip and it was the day it came out. And I spent the day going around Genoa until I could find a, a record shop that actually uh, sold it. But yeah, I've, I've always had that. So it's weird. Yeah. It's They're a band that you attach things to, you attach memories yeah, that's to. that's it. Partly because of the, the nature of the music and it's mm-hmm. so cinematic and you do end up taking loads of photos in your mind yeah. as you're listening to it. But yeah, I mean, I, 
I think a lot of people probably, without even realising it, and maybe I'm guilty of this as I say it, uh, judge the albums based on the experiences they were having it with those albums, you know, so... I, I personally, yeah, but there's a lot of experiences you have listening to music and you don't remember what music you listen to. That's true. And but this sticks with you. Yeah, th- this does tend to, to you know, bring those things together right? yeah. in that way. And Mogwai have got a knack of doing that. This really nails it, I think. Um, there's a couple, of, there's loads of like nice little touches on it as well. I think having the guy from Envy um, yeah. doing, the, doing the spoken word on it is just a nice mm. touch. It just kind of mellows it out a bit and it's not Eden Moffat, so that's a plus. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just really, uh, I don't know. It just seems like they really put a lot of thought in it before they started. They really had a really good idea. Because they they're quite prolific. Like, they release an album every year and a half, basically. Mm. Whether it's like their own studio record or a, a soundtrack album. And to me, that's like, they might not necessarily, I don't know what I'm quite trying to say. It's like, it's, it's not the, a special album, it's just the next Mogwai record. But when this one came out, it, there'd been a bit of a gap. And it was like, fuck, we're going we're to be a new band now. Mm, it's going to yeah, be like, yeah. we're going to tighten everyone up. Do you know where rock action comes from? Oh, fuck, yeah, I do. What is it? <laughs> I thought that was as cool as shit. It was this, the guy from the Stooges. Uh, the drummer oh, that's from the right. Stooges changed his name to Rock Action. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, didn't. I, was, yeah, I just name. thought it was a cool yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I think um, um, for me, as someone that's not au fait with, with Mogwai, this record, it just feels like a band that have got their shit together. Even as someone that is not doesn't know that much about the band, it feels complete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of bands can go. A lot of bands I love can go whole careers and never really create a record that feels like that. You, you know, know, you I know, don't know if the same for Mogwai, but you know, you could maybe get to know someone. It'd be interesting to see your or after you've invested a bit more time in some of their other albums, is to ask somebody. See, as like a, a fingerprint of your personality, pick ten tracks, any ten tracks, ten tracks from, yeah. and, and on and a compilation tape. And classify personalities based on like mm-hmm. what Mogwai record they put together. I'd love I'd, to hear the bands like see like Barry and Stuart. And well, they put together. They've already done it like with their thought. central belters. That's another thing they're really fucking good at is song names, album names. Uh, band, I was going to talk like, about that. Yeah, so good. Song names are and fun. like for a Glasgow for George for a Square Glas- Thatcher Death Party. Yeah, absolute belter. And for a Glasgow band to call their best of central belters. Yeah, absolutely fucking brilliant. Like Two Regent of Cheers. <laughs> quality name. Uh, you said Hugh Remurdered. They've got one called Hugh Dallas and one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, crossing the Road material. It's pretty good patter. Stop coming to my house. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> random thing. Yeah, letters to the Metro. Nah, the, the, I mean, the patter's quality, man. Uh, they, they've not overplayed the Scottish thing, but they've played it just right. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Central Belters, though, I'd love to hear the individual. Compilations of their best ones. Do you know what I mean? It'd be well, really as as you say that. Funnily enough, I don't know if anybody else out there does this, but I really like making playlists. <laughs> I've never noticed that on Spotify <laughs> or anything. I've heard this. Yeah, I've heard the story. And uh, so I've got like a big massive list of best ofs in my head. I make little compilation best of albums for like my favorite bands. Did like, you weave it a name that includes? <laughs> and yeah, <nature>. exactly. <laughs> so like I've got. I mean, I've got best of Russian circles. <laughs> I've got be- best of Ramstein. You should maybe got best of Radiohead, best of Nine Inch Nails, best of blah blah blah, and I've got best of Mogwai. So I've got twenty one songs on there. So it'd be interesting. Why don't you two guys 
go away and make your 20, best 21 more I think 21 is excessive I, that's the point I'd love to see people work within the constraints of 10 I'm just going to see count how many I've got from this record Can't, you discuss amongst <laughs> yourselves talk amongst <laughs> yourselves <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean because to their credit and I'm, I'm maybe being a bit critical or coming across a bit critical about the kind of reliance on distortion and some of their stuff but that is partly why they got into Kerrang and getting into Kerrang whether I like yeah. it or not as a, a music snob that was where I first saw them properly I'd seen them in Enemy but Enemy shit and I don't believe anything they say mm-hmm. so seeing them in Kerrang is like oh man this band's got crossover and you then you go and hear it and you're like this is fantastic and there's a lot of people wouldn't have got into Mogwai if they weren't in Kerrang Godspeed weren't in Kerrang it's you know it's like they did have an ability to straddle different audiences in a way that other bands didn't and that's that's not only helped them but it's helped that entire genre to some extent and is probably why they're so prominent because they have managed to, to, to keep it fresh by spreading a wide base to begin with that allowed them to pick and choose from bit to bit and nothing sounded too uh, inconsistent with their previous output but as a result picking like your 10 best Mogwai tunes yeah. would be pretty pretty alright so I mean, I made I made this in 2015. Well, that was the last time it was updated. Uh, and I can confirm, so I've got three tracks from Young Team. And I, I try and keep them, like, precise. But with some bands, it's difficult because mm-hmm. they've got loads of records. Three tracks from Young Team, two from Rock Action, two from Rave Tapes. Got My Father, My King. <laughs> it's uh, a long playlist. I know. <laughs> got three tracks from the Les Rovinol soundtrack. Three from The Hawk is Howling. Two from... Hardcore will never die. Two from Come On Die Young, and I've got four from Mr. Beast. Jackpot. So that's it's the album that I've got most tracks from. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if people vote in this one. I mean, a yes or no is almost a tight vote because people aren't saying it's a bad album, but I think to make it clear, is it, in your opinion, their best album? Yeah, should the, is this the album that represents Mogwai? Hmm. Basically, is, yeah. I guess the there's a very good well, chance. That is it their defining record? These guys could even be the first band that we end up coming back to for a second record, possibly Come On Die Young. Or unless they do something wonderful, or anything, yeah, yeah, because they have so so much to choose from, and it's so contentious as to what is the best representation of them. By the way, like I, I think that their their uh, rarities and the EPs and stuff, are fantastic. Like some, yeah, of, yeah, there's uh, some like, amazing. The, the Stanley awesome. Kubrick tune is just yeah. brilliant, and Star Wars as well, man. It's just there's a lot of stuff like off the radar as well. That's that's excellent. So yeah, it's that's that's kind of a tough decision. So it's probably going to be confusing to try and vote on it. Is this their best album? You know, is this the definitive Mogwai record? Albeit, yeah, we're all reluctant to try and pigeonhole them because they've done so so well at avoiding that. But if you had to just try and persuade someone to listen to Mogwai, what album would you give them? Is it this one? Maybe that's the the best criteria. Well, it's made me want to listen to them more, and I guess that's, that's it's a good probably, sign. It's probably a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are we are we unanimous in this one then? I think that's pretty safe to say. That's a really yeah. For me, this yeah. is the Mogwai album. If you had to take one Mogwai album to a desert island, this would yeah. be it for if me. We, if we end up back here in like 18 months' time, like talking about Commander Young or something else even, then I wouldn't be upset, mm-hmm. you know, because there is plenty to enthuse about. But I think this one seems to be the one. Okay, well, I think that settles it then. And if Alan McGee says so, then it's gospel. It has to be. <laughs> he found some band in some venue in Glasgow, I heard once. Mm-hmm. But I've yeah, not heard of Alan, Alan probably, Alan probably wouldn't. <laughs> Mention that though, to be fair. Um, and yeah. neither would the venue. They, yeah, they, yeah. It's the kind of thing you just, you know, happens, I think. quietly proud yeah. about it. You don't really trumpet it or put a sign on the outside of your venue about it. So go vote, go to our Facebook page and vote if you want this album to be the representation of Mogwai that goes into the discography. And if you don't, we might come back and talk about another one. But 
or we, maybe too bad. Nay Mogwai will tell or them we'll be like, hey by the way, you the here's all the names <laughs> of the folk online that voted no. Here's their addresses. <laughs> and then you can say stop coming to my house, Mogwai. <laughs> Stop pelting my windies with eggs That's probably a mogwai track <laughs> <laughs> Stop kicking my granny That's probably a mogwai track <laughs> They've got to all these before me uh, So yeah go and vote So what is next Chris uh, I believe the next record is Ease by Joanna Newsom. So that's going to be an interesting conversation <laughs> We're going to Yeah I'm going to work hard to keep it short <laughs> Un- unlike she did <laughs> That's what I was going to say You can my joke <laughs> Damn it Okay well gentlemen Thank you very much for your time uh, I just wanted to remind everybody To like and share and subscribe And do all the cool shit um, Drop us a rating and review on iTunes We'd really appreciate that Because that helps people see this podcast And that's what we're here for We're all here about the money That's the mm-hmm. only reason we're here Dollar 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 bills y'all <laughs> Cheers guys Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.